This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, this episode of Everyone's a Critic was recorded while we were working from home and we apologise for some unavoidable issues we had with background noise. Everyone's a Critic on BFM 89.9. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and joining me for this week's review is visual artist Rupa Supramanyam. Hi Rupa, thanks for coming back on. Hi Sharmila, nice to be back. So together we are reviewing um, an online exhibition, well, a a sort of a hybrid online exhibition, I think is more fair to say. Mm -hmm. It's called Kaleidoscope Japan. It's organized by the Japan Foundation uh, in collaboration with um, local artists. The whole idea behind the exhibition is a sort of interrogation of the relationship between Japan and Malaysia uh, in multiple ways, cultural, historical, language-wise. So I think it's quite a, a broad and general theme under which these 13 artists have created various works. How it's presented is quite interesting. It's um, A lot of the works are housed on um, the online site, which is jfklevents.my slash kaleidoscopejp. Um, but it's also complemented by uh, live events and also um, online events that happen off and on. And it's on until the 24th of April. Before we get into, I think, individual works or or the individual experiences, I wanted to get a sense from you, Rupa, of your overall impression of the exhibition. Yeah, I thought the commentary on the societal issues that was sort of researched and um, displayed very beautifully into this this online space. Um, It's smart, I think, every artist put in a lot of work um, to present their ideas. Um, so I, I thought it was a very well executed, uh, very easy to understand and also interact. Uh, and I also think I really value all the research that went into putting this together. So yeah, for me, I feel like they have picked every component I'm looking for in an online exhibition uh, and great use of technology as well. It's interesting that you should say that because I have thoughts on the interactivity or the online experience, which I'll mm-hmm. get to later. Yeah. Just to say it's curated by Lao Pesian and um, brings together, as I said, 13 different artists. But they're visual artists, they're writers, they're video artists. Um, and the artwork also, what, what I appreciated is that the works are very cleverly calibrated to work in an online space. So a lot of videos, a lot of um, uh, little clips or or images that work quite well to be consumed online. I was really impressed by the quality of the work being shown as well. And, And I was... Um, I think initially that theme of connections between Japan and Malaysia felt a little bit loose and Mm. and I wasn't sure what we would get out of it. Mm. But um, I was very pleasantly surprised that people have chosen to interpret it in multiple ways and in multiple forms, some very obvious and overt, uh, some uh, not, not, you know, just kind of a subtle touch. And and I really enjoyed that. Um, To get into the... Maybe, maybe we can actually start by the online experience itself because um, I think that's an important part of how you consume the works. Um, so, for instance, 
there one aspect of it that I found intriguing, and I'm not sure whether it entirely worked for me, um, was the fact that the online experience is only available for 13 hours a day. So there are like yeah. definite times in which they're open, right? Yeah. There's a fair amount of navigating that you need to do to figure out how to use this website and what works best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that I think how much patience you have with this and how much time you're willing to invest in doing this is entirely a matter of headspace because I think that um, if you're just there for a casual thing like oh let me check this out and see if it catches my interest Mm. I don't know whether I would have stuck around because it takes a bit of time you need to kind of like learn how to use it Um, but on the other hand I did find that interesting because I think it extends the kind of commitment that you make to physical exhibitions mm. to, to, the, to the online space. Um, and so for me, I'm not quite sure whether I loved it, but it might also be where I currently am. Yeah, I think when we look at the online space, there's uh, various things to think about, right? Um, so when we navigate, a, a, let's say, a news portal or most portals that we do all the time, uh, apps like Instagram, they are designed to make it easy and convenient for you to access information. Uh, But when you go to a space like this, which is a gallery, which you do not have expert UI, UX developers, uh, a lot of the things they are doing are probably experimental because there's no such template that's clearly defined yet on what works best for an online gallery space. So in the last two years, we saw plenty of experimentation, plenty of apps that worked and didn't work. For me, observing many things I've seen in the last two years, um, I really feel coming from the perspective of using the online space almost like a black box or a white box, right? Um, See curators in the physical space um, get to experiment or use and expand space as much as they want. But on the online space, curators are defined by certain algorithms on what works best and um, what Google needs to, you know, make sure uh, the speed of it is accurate on the phone. And we're looking at um, designing for phones and uh, computers that have various outputs. Um, So a lot of these things cannot be controlled from a technological point of view unless there's a lot of money in it. Um, so despite that, I feel they have taken a very strong, bold positioning in how they have designed um, the usage of it. And I used my mobile phone throughout. Um, so I kind of loved it that with the mobile phone, a lot of the images um, really sort of gave me a trip into the space. Like I could, um, I could spend time with it. I could um, also really easily... Uh, it was almost like a playground for me uh, using their their uh, website on the mobile because it was very user friendly. Uh, everything was loading quickly, and there was no. Um, and I felt like how they had designed some of the images. Um, basically, as you tilt your phone, um, the images change speed, and so it's almost like actually using the kaleidoscope. Whereas as a kid, you know, you can make it go faster and you can see the images rotating faster and I thought that was a great use of technology for interaction you know it might be a very simplistic thing to just like you know tilt your phone and watch the images change but nevertheless a very nice touch uh, and it it never lagged uh, you know 
so and the quality was always good throughout the whole experience so i thought like small things like that also made it really nice to um work with the different layers that was available online that's the thing right i watched it entirely on a laptop and mm. i didn't have any of those experiences in fact if anything um i felt like i fe- i felt hampered or almost like i was i was walking through an exhibition without a map and like with a hand tied behind my back or something you know <laughs> like like there was a lot of work that i needed to put in and even to the point where i think i missed out on at least two artists works entirely because it wouldn't allow me to scroll properly so mm. i wonder whether it is in fact designed for mobile use in which case it's pretty cool mm. that said then it's not actually clear anywhere on the site that that's mm. the optimal way to take in the exhibition mm. um so i mean i i i actually absolutely get everything you're saying and all all of that i think does make me think about the exhibition in a slightly different way because um my initial takeaway before i gave myself time to think about it was mm. great artwork kind of irritated at how i have to navigate the site right mm. and and mm. i'm not sure whether that's enough of a buy in for a lot of people um mm. which would be a pity i think if you went to the site and you know within the first 2 3 minutes you couldn't figure out how to access things you mm. didn't realize that there's a 13 hour window um mm. you might not consume these works and that would really be a pity um that said what i did like and you know this might just be the kid in me but i love the visualization of the literal kaleidoscope of all the works yes. uh, there's a randomized um everyone's work kind of appears as a kaleidoscope and visually it's very exciting when you go to the site um and that kind of kept me going I, it made me want to see what else was on offer um mm-hmm. and so yeah I, i think um i think a lot of this depends on headspace for me as well um mm. with where we are right now after 2 years of a lot of online stuff and a lot of things being done in front of a screen mm. maybe i'm also less patient at the moment to have mm. to spend a weekend um you know and and this takes like to properly experience everything it will take you a couple of hours and and a good couple of hours i'm not saying it's not worth it mm. but it might be a mood or a, a feel thing you know like i'd rather be out than in mm, front of mm, a screen mm. um and then in front of a screen that's making me work hard for it which is mm. perhaps not entirely fair also to the exhibition mm. um we do need to take a break but when we come back we'll discuss the artworks themselves uh we're discussing kaleidoscope japan which is an online exhibition that's currently happening until the 24th of april if you're interested to check it out head on over to jfklevents.my/kaleidoscopejp You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila and I'm joined today by visual artist Rupa Subramanian. And together we're reviewing Kaleidoscope JP. It's a hybrid online exhibition. It features 13 Malaysian artists. It's organized by the Japan Foundation and essentially uses themes of connections between Japan and Malaysia. Let's get into the works themselves. Um any that you'd like to start off with or that were the highlights for you Rupa? Um quite a few. <laughs> so I actually thought the the um sort of kaleidoscope visuals that was going on I uh, was really a wonderful preview to the work, right? So the first one that caught my eye was uh, Ankasa Kabukini. 
Uh, it had a very Zen Buddhist-like vibe. Uh, you know, I could stare at the visuals. It was this this feeling of um, as within, so without. Um, so it, it 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 sort of oozed that meditational feel for me. Um, so and then I found out that the it it was the video. Um, installation that they sort of had put into was the real actual visual treat right um, so that was really just like a teaser so the work is actually an experimental audiovisual artwork that's executed in the form of a mini album um, accompanied by visuals um, so like for this particular video I do suggest you're watching it on a laptop um, and maybe even earphones uh, because it's a great sound experience very experimental um, sort of brings you through a journey um, and and it's about like 19 minutes long I feel these are this is the thing you got to do with this exhibition is sort of to see yeah okay I, I think this is quite cool but like I don't have 20 minutes with me now so I'm going to come back and watch this at a later time right um, so yeah, I really thought that was the, the colors used in it as well. Um, the video itself is a real treat. Uh, if you want to feel like going on a journey and sort of uh, not leaving your house, but just yeah, through through a video. I wanted to contrast that with something that's probably the opposite of uh, meditative, but I thought was really clever and quite fun. Um, it's a it's a piece called. Aisukurimo by Dan Iliani Yusuf. It kind of takes all of those cute kawaii visuals that people associate with Japan yeah. um, and essentially tracks the journey of the artists, uh, uh, artists attempt to learn to speak Japanese through mm. things like um, convenience, Japanese convenience store treats like ice creams, um, uh, the little kind of anime style visuals that pop up on the video. And I just thought that it was a, was a very cute but also kind of um, earnest and, and honest uh, reflection on your own limitations. Um, the There was just something about someone having fun with something, uh, yeah. someone uh, taking on a task and, and just kind of being silly with it. It fits very well with what we think of as a lot of the cultural products that come out mm. of Japan, but at the same time takes it one level above. And, and I did find that for some reason or the other, um, I, I loved so many of the video installations and and I and they were the kind of video I say installations, but actually they're videos because we're watching <laughs> yes, it, yes. right? And yep, yep. and I liked how these are not meant to necessarily be video installations. They are meant mm. to be videos that you can consume at home. And in you know in a similar vein, um, I really like this video essay by Ridwan Saidi called "Revisiting Hankyu Jaya." Yep. Uh, maybe because I actually have a lot of those memories as well. He talks Same about Yaohan Plaza <laughs> and Hankyu yeah, Jaya, yeah, um, yeah. and and then he relates his memories with mm. pictures from magazines and newspapers mm. and mm. his own personal story of growing up at this point of time in KL and what that means in terms of family and memory and what we remember and places. Um, it left me really quite uh, touched and almost teary by the end. I think there was a great notion of nostalgia and memory that resonated with me a lot. Yeah, and so wonderful that he had chosen to do this in a very simplistic 
straightforward, no flash sort of a way, which was like amazing how we are all connected to this Sankyu Plaza. And, you know, I, I remember the roller coasters he's talking about, yes, the yes. lift, and um, so many childhood memories that were made there. And this is exactly what I thought this exhibition did very smartly to talk about how fast or how what progress really is doing to us. And I think uh, Blank Malaysia says that in mm. his uh, statement as well. And if he didn't choose to do that for his theme of his video, I, I don't think I, I would feel so nostalgic about just my memories of growing up there. Um, and I thought the, the whole nostalgic feel was also brought up by Jun Ong. Um, and if this whole experience was like a 13 course meal, I felt Jun Ong's work was like the dessert, you know, it was really sweet. Um, it sort of gave me this strange feeling of um, an automated future ahead because they're actually using an artificial intelligence voiceover to read poetry. Uh, it's called Between Two Bugs. I don't really like glaring images, so the whole sort of like cozy um, kampong feel, like very um, laid backness to it, contrast with that synthesized voiceover that was reading a poetry by A. Samhat Sahid was, was all just really, you know, I'm thinking about this future ahead of us, um, you know, how does, where does arts fit in? in this digital world ahead and I thought that was like brought up really nicely um, while still evoking a very nostalgic feel um, and so I thought that was also quite brilliantly done. We are um, running out of time actually and there's so many good works to talk <laughs> about but I wanted to highlight uh, one that is one of my favourites, um, mm. Yvonne Tan, um, who does the series of illustrations accompanied by text or stories uh, and they're all sort of inspired by local folklore and, and legends so uh, Ulet Mayang or, or Penanggal, uh, Penanggalan and on uh, but rendered in a kind of anime manga style but but also um, you can see a lot of local Malaysian elements in the illustrations and uh, really kind of blends this idea of folklore across cultures and how you can use different visual language um, to complement storytelling um, it's it doesn't feel complex on the surface in the sense that it's something that's very easily uh, accessible to people even if you're not particularly into um, art per se but at the same time um, I, I really enjoyed um, what she did with it I really enjoyed the way she contrasts and makes these stories accessible across cultures and across platforms yeah um, the other two I'd like to mention is actually uh, Harold Regan Eastwell's uh, work and also oh, the map. Yes. yes. Um, so the both of them working on sort of incidents, maps, memories, people, spaces, time, and both very different, uh, differently executed, but I, I feel they're also coming from the same place. Um, and like, I'm a teacher with Good Kids Malaysia, right? So I, I have that, I, I feel these two things go really well as a teaching tool for geography and history for students. I can imagine, you know, children really looking at this work, uh, almost using it as a printable jigsaw that they can interact with, right? Um, and it's brilliantly done. Like, it's a 
almost like a travel journal, but one person has used uh, AutoCAD to design and write memories on top. And, and you would see that this is actually a very high search volume interest in places like YouTube and Pinterest. But just the execution style is so different, so unique. Uh, and really, it, it's the artist's signature style, right? And um, Blank Malaysia, on the other hand, is questioning the true uh, cost of progress, you know, and it's a decade worth of collection. In and Stapa, I, right? In Stapa, yes. And like how the whole visualization of Stapa, you know, like um, it was repeating so much that it, it sort of lost its meaning. Like you're just looking at alphabets and it's like, what is that supposed to mean again? And you get into that headspace and um, I like how that is reflected, you know, when the meaning disappears, spaces disappear, you know, people disappear um, and, and the culture disappears and he's, he's, you know, very, he's saved time to put all these things into um, this whole uh, video installation. So yeah, I think these two should be in a, in a museum in KL, you know, just to talk about geography and what happens to spaces. Actually, um, I think that's a great place to close off. I really think that practically every work that's in this, um, and I would like to see ways in which this can be extended into a physical experience um, mm. or some kind of a actual hybridized experience where perhaps there are ways to um, access them online, but also in person. Uh, mm. But overall, I mean, at least for me, a very strong collection of works, I thought. If I had to get you to convince someone uh, to watch this in a sentence, what would you say? Um, it's a beautifully crafted space online and, and just take a bit of time to enjoy the smartness of all the content that's out there. Rupa, thanks for doing this with me. Thanks, Sharmila. We've been reviewing Kaleidoscope Japan. It's an online hybrid exhibition that's currently on until the 24th of April. If you'd like to check it out, head on over to jfklevents.my slash kaleidoscopejp. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.